And honestly, when I read about the dysfunction of, I don't know, Adam and Eve or Jacob and Esau or yeah. Joseph and his brothers, and I start going down those lists of families, they make me feel better about mine because my family was pretty messy too. And most of the people listening to this, if you're honest, there's some messy pieces to your story. So the issue really comes down to what if we don't put all of our emphasis and focus on trying to make a better picture happen, which is just a still shot in a moment in time, but we lean into a different idea, which is there's a bigger story. We believe that there is always more to God's Word and that if we dig a little deeper, we will find truth that will take us on a journey of amazing life change, a life of deeper hope, deeper truth, and deeper grace. Let's jump right in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Deeper Grace Podcast. This is Graham. You know, I get to host this thing. Uh, have a good time doing it. Today, though, we don't have Pastor Wayne with us. We have a special guest. Uh, this uh, amazing guy got to speak with us or hang out with us at church this Sunday and uh, knocked it out of the park. His name is Reggie Joiner. Reggie, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Graham, for inviting me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Had to. Had to have you on <laughs> or else it wouldn't make sense, right? So, um, tell first of all, tell us a little about who you are, where yeah. you're from, uh, and then give us a summary of, of what, what we talked about this Sunday. Sure. I, you know, I'm just a guy who graduated from college with a history major, ended up in ministry working with students and youth, helped start uh, a church in Atlanta, and then about 10 or so years into that, we started helping churches around the country as a nonprofit, work with kids and teenagers. So, I work with Orange. I am the CEO there and founder and I'm just surrounded by some amazing staff and leaders who keep me thinking uh, and learning. That's awesome. So Atlanta, Georgia. So yeah. you should know, I'm from L.A. Oh, okay. Lower Alabama. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said everybody's like, oh, you're from L.A. too? You ain't? No, we're not. I'm from Lower Alabama. It's different. Uh, so I'm from the South. We're Southern boys. We are. Look at us crushing it, killing it. So... You've been in Atlanta, and then this Sunday, you so you you work prim- now. Just so you know, we use we use Orange uh, as a church here, and then my family and I've been using Parent Q since we had our first kid. And I want you to know, I have three. I want you to know that it's um, it is what's the word I'm looking for? Encouraging to see the circle on the app open up wider <laughs> on the amount of weeks I have left before he leaves, wow. and it, it really does. It really. It's like scary almost, but almost like a good one. You yeah. know? For those of you who don't know, there's an app that comes with uh, Orange. It's called Parent Q, or uh, you can get it. It's a free app. Uh, uh, and it is, the whole idea is you only have so many weeks and be intentional with them, um, uh, which is kind of your thing, right? Yeah, That's it's kind of a countdown clock. We think that the uh, more you realize how much time you have left, the more serious you become about your time. And we have a great team of people that work in the Parent Q space. Um, we recognize there are a lot of parents in your churches or a lot of parents who don't come to your churches that still need to be connected and still need to be a part of a strategy uh, to help their kids shape faith and character. And so that's kind of why that's put in place. And, and, it's, and it really does work that way. It really does. So I just so I brought mine up here. Uh-huh. It says I have 657 weeks until Declan, my oldest, moves on. He's five. Um, which is you, you read that and you go, oh, I got 657 yeah. weeks, but then you look at the circle, mm-hmm. and we're we're already past a quarter of the way done yeah. here. <laughs> it, it happens fast. I think Ooh. most of those those of us who have adult kids love to lean into younger parents and say it always goes faster than you imagine or think. 
I believe that. And he's only five. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I just, great. you know, you get memories on Facebook and you go, there's no way. Oh, I know. There's no way. Yeah, that's where we're at. But anyway, so let's jump to, to today, right? So uh, Sunday, the message, okay? We've been doing a series called Stronger, which you know, and you brought, were brought in to talk about stronger families. Mm-hmm. And uh, you knocked it out of the park, just to t- let oh, you know. Thanks. Knocked it out of the park. Could Give us a summary. Just a little quick one about what yeah. would you talk about? Where well, are we going? I, I, I started thinking last night about the word family, and family means so many different things to so many different people. Mm. For some, it's got negative baggage. For some, it has positive baggage, depending on your experience and how you grew up. And the very idea of becoming stronger at building your family can be threatening or overwhelming for those of us who are maybe, for whatever reason, up against a wall in this culture. So I, I kind of wanted to lean in and, and just share one idea that I feel like helps us keep pushing through, keep moving in a direction. And it comes back to this simple concept that many of us are disillusioned or disappointed or discouraged because we had a picture of what we thought family should look like or be. And uh, we've got to learn how to let go of the pictures and lean into something else. Hmm. And I, it's so good. So, and you, and you talk about, cause and let's just jump in. So you, so you, you go that whole idea, right? And that, and I love. So first of all, I love one point messages. Just so you know, like yeah. like one main idea because I'm simple and I'm from Alabama, so I need some. I'm and I'm a male, so the simpler the better. <laughs> um, but you you talked about a lot of things, and one of the things I hear hear a lot. Now I'm not from here. I'm from the Bible Belt, right? Sure. Which even even in today's age, there's still there's this. Even if you don't go to church, there's still this concept of. The Bible holds a model of life and right. how it's supposed to work. And you said something about that. You, you mentioned uh, people like, yeah, we need to go back to the, the Bible version or model or picture of what the family looks like. Yep. And you said they didn't give us one. And then you gave us some examples. Talk about that. Talk yeah, about the, I mean, the I, non-model. I think, I think the truth is that there were no real good models of family in the Bible. Most of the families that we read about had some pretty messy situations. They were pretty dysfunctional. And there's a reason for that in a sense that God was leveraging those families and the story of Scripture as a platform to demonstrate His goodness Mm. and what He can do and the story of restoration and redemption that's the thread through Scripture. And honestly, when I read about the dysfunction of, I don't know, Adam and Eve or Jacob and Esau or Joseph and his brothers, and I start going down those lists of families, they make me feel better about mine because my family was pretty messy too. And most of the people listening to this, if you're honest, there's some messy pieces to your story. Mm. So the issue really comes down to what if we don't put all of our emphasis and focus on trying to make a better picture happen, which is just a still shot in the moment in time, but we lean into a different idea, which is there's a bigger story. There's a bigger story of restoration and redemption that wherever you are, whatever has happened, whatever the past looks like, whatever the present situation you're in, God really wants to tell with your life. And, and there's so much encouragement in that. You know, a better picture picture approach can shut us down because we can't measure up, so we give up. Mm. A bigger story approach invites us to keep hoping, keep moving, and to be a part of something every day. And it's so it's so good. Um you told a bunch of stories. I, I love that concept because the picture does. If it doesn't match this, it doesn't mm-hmm. work. But mm-hmm. the story is being written, so it almost it like yeah. I mean, we say. even we even hold up pictures yeah to other families and say, if you become a Christian, if you come to our church, we'll help you become like this without realizing Ooh. it. Yeah. And and there's so many families that look at that and go, well, then maybe I shouldn't be in your church, or maybe I can't because I can never go back and be that. And 
So for all kinds of reasons, inviting them into a story that God wants to continually tell in their life is such a better approach. Oh yeah, I, and I, I 100% agree. I and I and I get I get uh so just so you know, I didn't grow up in church, so mm-hmm. we didn't have that picture perfect, and my family is nowhere <laughs> close to it. And we've had a lot of stuff happen. So as you were talking through the message, I'm going. Goodness, I you know like it wasn't supposed to be this way, or right. that wasn't supposed to happen. And I'm going, oh gosh, I'm counting the ones on my yeah. hand, like, and I and I'm thinking about my dad, and I'm going, man, I bet you he's done the same thing. Yeah, sat there and gone, well, it wasn't supposed to be like that because it wasn't, you know. Um, but when you look at the story, and you had a, a really good one, Dan, which we'll get to in a minute. But you talked about how, um, you know, th- this concept right came in came to play, but it. it Part of it actually made you re- rewrite a whole book that you were writing with uh, with Carrie Newhoff, right? Right. Uh-huh. Uh, called "Parenting Beyond Your Capacity." Yep. Which, uh, first of all, love Carrie Newhoff too. So this that you know, I just <laughs> geeked out when you said uh, author from Canada. I thought I know exactly who that yeah. is. Well, Carrie's an amazing leader, and I think when we wrote the book, after we had submitted it to some other families and single moms, and had gotten feedback on what we had written, we realized. You know, we were only coming from one perspective, and we needed to understand uh, what the rest of the world is wrestling with and dealing with when it comes to their family. So right. we started completely over, actually, right. and rewrote. And then we had this funny moment one night when Carrie called me and said, you know, when I go back and look at our book, all the examples we gave were areas that we struggled with and mistakes that we made. Hmm. And um, and I think that's important because yeah. I, I feel like for me— I want younger families and younger parents to know you're going to misfire. You're going to make mistakes. And it's not about being a perfect parent or living up to a perfect picture that you have a family. It's about restarting. God's mercy and grace is new every day. What does it look like to re-engage in that story over and over and over again? That's good. I'm that way too. Learn from my Well, and, yeah. and actually your mistakes are a platform and your struggles are a platform yeah. for your kids to see God's grace and goodness from a front row seat. Right. So that, that's really what you're also trying to do. Right. And it's so interesting. I have this one moment I was riding down the road with my kids, and I'll never forget this. They were in the teenage years, and I just it's just kind of this aha moment for me. I just kind of said out loud, you know, I think sometimes I have a little bit of a control issue. And I expected them to say, oh, no, Dad, you're great. You would never do that. And it just got quiet in the car. And I realized, oh, you already knew that. I'm just admitting to you what you already know. And now I'm becoming self-aware about something you've been aware of for years. Wow. So I think owning those kinds of things as a parent is a huge step because it allows our kids to understand they're not perfect either. And they need to focus on being self-aware and owning their stuff. Mm, That's so good. And it's funny that you say it that way because, you know, it's like growing up, I'm my dad, I know I could label his areas of where he had weakness, you know, and so it was the same thing. And I bet you my kids too. But I love that statement that you the, that you made for the book when you went to rewrite it and the end of it being by, by allowing God to work through these areas in our life, we give our kids just a front row seat to how good he is. And, you know, the, the you said that and I, I thought and I wrote here, I was like, you know, that's so much better than me just trying to show them how perfect that, because I'm oh, not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not going to, and I'm going to make mistakes. Well, but sooner I, or later, they're going to grow up and see past it. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're going to figure 100%. that out. 100%. And, and, you know, and I watch, I mean, you know, it's the same thing with my, I think we could all look back and see, we all did the same thing. And 
but I love that because it, it, again, it allows me to go, you know what? I don't need to be perfect. I just need to be mm-hmm. willing to follow Jesus yeah. and let them see it. All right. So I have a question though, cause you mentioned something and I want, I wanted to take just a little bit deeper. So just a couple minutes on this one. The, uh, you made a statement about when we focus on becoming the picture, like perfect family, or we put a picture in front of people, um, that we can, and they can easily make it an identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go a little deeper on that. Talk about the identity issues that come with chasing this picture. Yeah, I mean, I think we wrap our significance around an idea that we think our family or our parenting should look like. I mean, you don't have to go very far to look on social media and see how families want to position or moms or dads want to position what their family looks like to the rest of the world mm-hmm. because there's this image that we kind of you know, want to present. And I I think that's a dangerous thing because somewhere along the way, the reality of what might happen in the context of our relationship or our marriage or with our kids or something goes wrong, when the image or the picture doesn't happen, then we have an identity crisis. Wow. And then sometimes we become disillusioned. I like to explain it this way. We have this ideal that sometimes is so high, this expectation and the distance between that expectation and reality can be the degree of disillusionment that mm. happens. And so we're setting up our kids, even when we do that, to one, get, one day get disillusioned with Christianity, the church, faith, because we've actually established, again, an ideal that they may not be able to live up to. And yeah. when they can't live up to it, they give up. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, please say that quote. When we don't measure up, we give up. That's right. And it's so true. Yeah. Gosh, I grew up that way. My dad said, no, 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 you got to get here. And you're like, and you can't ever get it. And so you just oh, yeah. say, you know what? I'm just not going to play baseball anymore. Oh, yeah. I'm just not going to play in the band anymore, you know? Wow. That's super, that's super good. And and when you said it, I thought, because the number one thing that kids are struggling with right now anyway, Gen, Generation Z, is this identity. We don't yeah, know. We're absolutely. So, everything's so fluid. And so I think uh, I love that you, you put it in. It's the family's job, man, to give them this. Like we don't need to give them another one. No, that's right. <laughs> and I sure don't need one either as a dad, you know. Um, you said that, and I thought to myself, Romans twelve, right? Romans twelve mm-hmm. two. Don't be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may know God's will, which is good and pleasing, and perfect. And I thought, you know what? That's exactly what he's saying. Is here's here's Paul saying, don't be don't be conformed to the to the image that the world's given you. But allow God to transform you as you seek out his story in your life, like the story that he's written, this big, bigger picture moment. You and know? the renewing of your mind implies that your brain is dynamic. The renewing of your mind implies that you're going to change your mind about some things and you're going to grow and learn and improve. And if there's not growth happening, which is a result, honestly, of struggle and disappointment and disillusionment, then your mind isn't being renewed. Wow. And sometimes we want to lead a generation to our conclusions about faith and not recognize that there's a version of faith they need that is their own wow. that continues to shape their identity, that continues to shape their sense of purpose and their sense of belonging. And we can get in the way of that if we are not actually inviting them into an ongoing process to continue to learn and to continue to adjust. Resilience isn't... I made up my mind, I will stand on that rock, and I will not be moved. Resilience is actually the ability to adjust and to move and to shift in the way we think and see the world based on how God is leading us and the story he's telling in our life. Wow. That's good. So, I'm time marking that in my head because I'm going back to it. 
Uh, so let's end it this way, Reggie. First of all, again, thank you so much. So good. I want to I want to end it with uh, you talked about um, the, the the difference between a bigger a better picture and a bigger story, and you and you kind of put this at the very end is this idea of with the story the door is always open. Yep. So yep. End it on that hope note of yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, if if you have a better picture approach, and the picture doesn't work out, it's over, it's done, mm-hmm. it's paralyzing emotionally. But if you have a bigger story approach, the pictures don't matter. You let go of the pictures, and if this is the the defining moment for this time in life, and there's a crossroad, and I take this path, God is still with me, and God is still etching something into the meaning of my life and I still have a purpose and a reason to demonstrate his restoration and redemption to a generation who's watching and that's hopeful that's ongoing so when you raise teenagers that way and their pictures don't work out they have a reason to keep going because they know God's story isn't done Mm. that's so good the reason to keep going the story's not over guys the story isn't over uh thank you so much for joining us on the podcast uh Guys, thank you so much for listening. Without you, uh, this podcast doesn't matter. So we really appreciate it. If you like what you're getting, share it. You know, like, like it, subscribe to it, all that good stuff. Um, thank you for joining us this week, and we will see you next week on the Deeper Grace Podcast.